Well, hope and watchfulness. Watching and hoping. Advent Sunday. I do love this time of year. I think it's better than Christmas. and I don't know what it is about the sense of expectation when we get under the skin of what Advent is really about. I feel a bit whispery and echoey. Do I need to put this down? Is that better? You can hear me better? Brilliant, thank you. Um, I, I was on the train recently reading a book of sermons by a theologian who died a couple of years ago because I live such a rock and roll lifestyle. I read books of sermons. Um, and one of the sermons I was reading, wow, that's really echoey. Do we need to just turn it down a little bit? If I continue to speak and we'll just get this, this right, is that all right? That better? Fantastic. And one of the sermons happened to be for first Sunday in Advent. And I was reading this, having done a bit of prep for this Sunday, and thinking, oh, great, fantastic. I can steal some ideas. And, and the theologian, as he was sharing a different scripture for Advent Sunday, um, he said, don't we live in terrible, fearful times with war and inequality and fear on all sides? This was 1978 that he said this sermon. And there's a bit of me that thinks, well, depending on where you are in the world, certainly, we face these things in every generation. Because it is tempting right now to think that we live in really interesting, fearful times. I'll just give a little list, just to get us in the mood. Ukraine, possible nuclear war. That was around when I was a teenager as well, but, but it is worrying. The level of inequality here in the UK is astonishing, isn't it? Apparently, in the whole of Europe, the UK is the most unequal society. That's worrying. People, maybe even in our congregation, are worried about paying for food and heating right now. And I've done a lot of foreign travel recently, and it is interesting, and there's no pattern in terms of which country people are saying this, but the number of people that go up to me and say, what's happening in Britain? Leadership and government. And they're being, if they're being nice, they're smiling and almost laughing. If they're not being nice, they're you know, being a bit rude. The level of instability in leadership. Now, I'm not making, I hope I'm not making any party political point, but just to recognize that many people are living with a sense of uncertainty and fear. And I think a big part of Advent is to recognize that in every age, it's like this. What does it mean to have Christian hope? Let's have our next slide. Now, it's either going to be Philippa. Oh, we got it. Fantastic. 
looking forward, looking back. Now, Doctor Who would say that Advent was a bit, bit of a timey-wimey thing. If that makes any sense to Doctor Who fans, great. If you're just wondering what on earth I'm talking about, just move on quickly. But there's a sense in Advent where we look back to people looking forward to the Messiah, and we look back as we look forward to the coming of Jesus again. And we do all that stuff at once. We're kind of looking back to look forward. And those verses from Isaiah were spoken into the people of Israel in exile, wondering, where's God? Where's our future? How can we worship? God seems to have left us because we've been taken out of our own country and there's no sense of being together. God seems a million miles away. And those promises would have meant something there and then, as well as being a promise about the future Messiah. Those verses in Matthew where Jesus kind of really sobering, worrying words about the coming of the Son of Man, which looks back to Daniel and those incredibly prophetic verses in the book of Daniel about the Son of Man who comes and disturbs the powers that be in the empire. And there'll be two people walking, working together, and one will be taken and one left. And it seems to be about the judgment of Jerusalem imminently with Jesus coming on earth. And it also might be about Jesus coming again. And we hold all these things together, looking back and looking forward. And we look back whilst looking forward to Christmas, which has already happened because Jesus has come as a baby but he's going to come again as a king. What does it mean to have Christian hope? Let's have the next slide. I'm just going to quickly run through some of those verses in Isaiah, just to get a feel of what that prophet was speaking of. And, you know, have that image of the mini plowshare. God transforming hatred and violence into stuff that brings life. And in the Isaiah text, there's something around people of all nations coming to worship God, not just the people of Israel, not just white British people. We get a little glimpse of it here, don't we? I love being in St. Christopher's for that all nations coming to worship. And there's something about hearing from God. And it's not just the people of Israel in exile that wonder, where's God gone? Is he listening to me? Have you ever, ex ever experienced that when you pray? I'm asking that because, I'll be honest, I, I have that experience. God promises, promises us, you'll be heard. I'll be with you. That word that we'll be singing at, to close the service, Emmanuel, God with us, is the biggest 
ultimate promise of Advent. God is and will be with us. Justice and peace. And I don't know whether you noticed the end of the reading of Isaiah. God's people will be a community walking in his light. Wow, I want a bit of that. I need a bit of that. Let's quickly look through the Matthew text, and then, then I'll throw out some thoughts and challenges of our next slide. Now, some of you may have seen the film, and I know at least one person in the congregation today, seen the film from the 1970s, The Thief in the Night. If you've had that trauma, delete it from your memory banks. This is not what Jesus is talking about that suddenly, you know, there'll be a couple and one is shaving in a mirror and then disappears. And the kind of rapture stuff. This is kind of picture language. Jesus speaking both about his presence on earth in the first century and what would happen, but looking forward to that sense of the surprise of the fullness of the coming of God. And despite what people do and say, and there are books, let me tell you, and corners of the internet, just don't go there, where people try and decipher the signs and the numbers and try and work out the date. Please, in the text, when Jesus says people will not know the date and the time, he means people will not know the date and the time. The point is, it's going to be a surprise. We don't know. Therefore, be ready. Get ready. And yes, judgment as well as blessing. It's not all easy. God's coming of peace and justice and healing is uncomfortable, which is why the season of Advent, running up to Christmas, is also a bit like Lent, where it's a really good time to go, okay, where am I at now? What needs to change in my life? A season of repentance, of turning around. And there's something in Jesus' words, sobering words, and the surprise, and the, the people in different situations this will impact everyone. You don't have to be in a field. You don't have to be milling the corn. Whatever you do, wherever you are, whatever status in life, God's coming. Be ready. So, let me share a few challenges and thoughts for you to go away with about what it means to hope as a Christian. I'm going to say that it's not a, one of two things. Christian hope is not despair. Christian hope holds the reality that God is present and is coming and will bring full healing, full restoration to us,
and they serve. And even when we look at News at 10 and we're like, I don't want to, I don't want to see this anymore. God sees it. And he's coming. And he's transforming our lives and the world. It is not despair. I don't know if you remember that film, I think it's from the 80s, Clockwise, I think it was called, with John Cleese, where he basically played Basil Fawlty. And there's a scene in it where he's, a, I think, a head teacher that's continuously or repeatedly delayed going to a conference. And all these things happen that are disastrous. It's the kind of film that Fiona can't stand because it's one of those cringe, oh no, you know, not other disaster, it's comedic. And, and there's a scene where his little mini is broken down. It's just, he's at the end of his tether and he gets a big branch. You might have seen clips of it. He starts beating the mini and he screams out, it's not the despair that hurts, it's the hope. Because he's had these little moments where he thought he might get there on time. Christian hope hurts because it means you hold on to the promises of God, of healing, of peace, our sinful lives being turned around even when we keep messing up, of our broken relationships being restored, of our climate, yes, being brought into a new creation and not being a meltdown where islands are flooded, where people can feed their children where our sicknesses are healed. Christian hope hurts. But Christian hope isn't utopia because it looks around at the world and our lives and goes, yes, that's wrong. And there is still sickness. And there is still sin. And that injustice is there and I don't feel I can do anything about it. And that particular prayer, that particular hope has not been answered. Christian hope lives with the rough edges and contours of life as it is, but still worships God, still calls on God. So, as we look at our world, it's decidedly not Christian to do the nostalgia trip. To do, oh, well, back then, wasn't it so much better and lovelier? I was about to say something that was party political. Wasn't it lovely under a Labour government? I, but I, I, I didn't say that. No, it wasn't really, genuinely. Wasn't it lovely when our churches were full every week? Wasn't it lovely when, I don't know, dot, 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 you fill in the gaps. That's decidedly not Christian to live in the past. Neither is it Christian to pretend that it's all okay. Effectively to close your eyes 
to the pain, to the poverty, to the injustice, to the emptiness of our prayers and our worship at times. Which is why one of the refrains, one of the repeated challenges from Scripture in this season is wake up, open your eyes, watch. So, my challenge this week, and maybe even to give you, give us, each of us, because we're not great at this, I'm not great at this, is each day this Advent, and maybe just this week if you want, to ask God, where are you? To do a bit of watching. Because Christian hope is a discipline where we begin to join in the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not passive. Even in and despite and sometimes through the silence, the pain, the suffering. Once a day, some of you will have an advent calendar with a little chocolate in. Rather than just eating the chocolate and moving on, let that discipline be a, what's God doing today? Even in this world, 2022. And then to ask yourself, where do I join in? I'm going to pray a prayer written by an Old Testament theologian that I enjoy. And then I'll close. It's a prayer written for Advent. In our secret yearnings, we wait for your coming. And in our grinding despair, we doubt that you will. And in this privileged place, we are surrounded by witnesses who yearn more than do we. And by those who despair more deeply than do we. Look upon your church and its pastors in this season of hope which runs so quickly to fatigue, and this season of yearning which becomes so easily quarrelsome. Give us the grace and the impatience to wait for your coming to the bottom of our toes, to the edges of our fingertips, we do not want our several worlds to end. Come in your power and come in your weakness in any case and make all things new. Amen.